Hey. Hey. Welcome. Hi. Hello. <laughs> Good to see you. Good to see you too. Welcome back to Mindful Polly. Yeah. This is our new episode. Well, this will be the first episode in our philosophy series. Oh, I love philosophy. I know. You've been excited about this one. <laughs> I have been. Today we're going to talk about dialectic thinking. Yeah. Do you know what that means? Why don't you tell me? <laughs> I do. I have I have my definition of how I understand it, but yeah. I know there's so we'll, it comes from deeper, more technical things down. that we're going to we're just going to give a brief mention of and then jump into how we apply it to relationships. Yeah, yeah. I think there's sort of the the there's official versions of it and then there's a the version that we have appropriated in from our, philosophy <laughs> in our everyday conversations. Yep. Um so the history of dialectic thinking begins with a philosopher named Hegel. I'm, he has a much longer name that I'm not going to try to pronounce because I think I'll just butcher it. So um, it comprises of three dialectical stages of development. So you start with a thesis, which gives rise to a reaction, which contradicts or negates the thesis, and the tension between the two being resolved by means of a synthesis. So... That was a very technical definition. Uh, what the, what that means is just that you've got um, one view, you've got the opposite view, and how do you bring them together and synthesize them into one thing, basically. That's that's the takeaway I at least have of it. There might be other ways of understanding sure. it. Yeah, and this isn't a philosophy podcast per se, so <laughs> we're not we're not experts and we're not here to literally teach you philosophy could could highly recommend philosophize this if you'd like to go oh please go listen to philosophize (laughs) this fantastic podcast yeah so what got us talking about this more is there was a time when i saw an article in psychology today Mm -hmm. and i shared it with you and we had a really good conversation and it was exploring dialectical behavior therapy this approach was created by marcia linehan and uh, she is a psychology researcher and she the, the simplest way, I think, to describe what it is, is a synthesis or integration of opposites. Mm-hmm. That's the really big takeaway that we had a lot of fun talking about after reading that article and exploring what it meant to both of us. And they were bringing it up in the context of behavioral therapy with a therapist. But for yes. us, we just discussed it as a way to improve our, I don't know, what do you, what do you just call that? Our... Um, understanding and communication of each other like during complex emotional moments we both i think just really immediately connected with that Mm. idea Um, oh yeah because there's so many signals in our culture that tell us that we can't do that no um like our our culture keeps trying to steer us into being black and white um this or that yeah which one do you really feel one thing at a time um society doesn't like gray areas yeah so now that we've gone through some of the more formal definitions of dialectic thinking, I mean, I think the what we really want to zero in on in this episode is what what it's meant to us and how we use it every day and how we use it in poly, especially. I right. mean, the way it's ended up, the way we've ended up thinking about it is that we have the ability to feel, think, and be more than one seemingly contradictory thing at the same time. That's been our big takeaway, like mm-hmm. being able to hold simultaneous truths. Yeah, and I think that connects like perfectly into Polly because often what we're doing as Polly is saying, "Listen, like you could love more than one um, parent, more than one sibling, mm-hmm. more than one uh, friend. Why can you only love one 
romantic partner. Right. Like you introduce uh, someone to a partner and yeah, this is my partner. And they're like, wait a minute. I thought you introduced me to a different person last week. And I was like, yeah. And don't you, aren't you still with that partner? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Like how but are you, you? And you love this person? Yes. <laughs> right. 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 And those how seem you, contradictory how, to in a mono world, how, but they're not. What, <laughs> what, uh, <laughs> yeah. They do that a lot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's 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 you have to choose. You have to there only one can be true. There can be only one. Right. <laughs> I think there is like enough information and enough material there for a whole episode about why we're so focused on blacks and whites in our in our culture. Why yeah. is it? Why does it always have to be rigidly defined areas? <laughs> I almost completed the uh the Hitchhiker's Guide quote, we demand rigidly defined areas of doubt and uncertainty. <laughs> oh, that's a good one. I love your ability to quote things. Yeah. We are so opposites on that. Like, I forget everything the moment I read it. And you maintain, like, these beautiful quotes from things I adore. And I'm just like, tell me more. Tell me another quote. <laughs> I will quote my favorite movies at you as as often as it is uh welcomed <laughs> Indeed. um but yeah that is a great yeah uh, so your homework <laughs> for this episode is to one go check out heigl uh go check out some dialectic thinking uh theory but also go watch hitchhiker's guide to the galaxy watch uh, or read or re- i would read it read. and then i mean i still love the movie too okay. so in hitchhiker's <laughs> guide it was uh deep thought computer was going to solve the big questions of life the universe and everything like philosophical questions and the philosophers got really mad about being put out of a job because it's their job to think about the meaning of life and uh they they busted in like terrorists with demands <laughs> like we demand rigidly defined areas of doubt and uncertainty <laughs> Ah, more context for the quote, even yes, better. there you go. <laughs> Before we dive in into all the poly examples of mm-hmm. dialectic thinking, I mean, just one example from my life that was always funny to me is um, I was a roller derby player, and we always had this, like, running gag of, like, every time, like, a local newspaper would want to do a story about one of our players, they would love the headline that said something like, mild-mannered you know for me it'd be be like mild-mannered programmer by day roller derby girl by night and it's like (laughs) come on (laughs) how salacious they just love that idea that you could i mean it goes back to that diet like oh you thought she was just a mild-mannered programmer but did you also know like the the idea that like can you be both or like Ooh, wow. Someone's more than one thing at the same time. We can't fit her in a box. (laughs) I I guess can't get a read on you. I don't know how to categorize you. I don't know how to act around you. I put you in the box and you pop back out. Am I allowed to be rude in front of you because you're a derby girl? Like, can you handle like the the rougher side of things? Yeah. Yeah. Like, oh, I thought you were just a nice computer nerd. I thought you just spoke in zeros and ones. I didn't know you could punch me. So hard that <laughs> you don't punch my butt breaks. <laughs> <sighs> I know that's a misconception that <laughs> people have about roller derby I mean, that I mean, it's excessively violent. It. Yes, and I just played right into that for a joke. You did, you did. Yeah, I'm sorry. Congratulations. Uh, but it, in relationships, it can often come up like, let's say, you are both feeling really connected and happy and satisfied with uh, the amount of time a partner offers, but 
at the same time dissatisfied. So say, oh, this date was amazing. I loved it. I can't wait for the next one. Can it happen right now? Right. Like, yeah. I just want to spend all my time with you. Yeah. I, I find myself feeling this, especially when we have a particularly like heady, high, intense date. It's like, I just want to spend every moment with you. And I also don't want to spend every moment with you. <laughs> <laughs> right. Because I have right to now, synthesize those feelings. I'm going home because I have all my stuff to do. Right. But I don't I want to move in I don't want to go <laughs> I want to move in and I don't want to move in and I want you know like, <laughs> they both do and don't and people never get, want this to end <laughs> yeah and I think especially if you're in relationships where there's maybe um some underlying insecurity going on or or uh, you're struggling to know kind of where you stand in a relationship those signals can be confusing and challenging like Mm-hmm. When someone says like, "Oh, I want to move in together," it's like, "Oh, yeah, yeah, I'm really important to you," and but I also don't want to move in together. Well, but well, 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 how then, do I know where I stand? Yeah, yeah. What does that mean? How does that translate? How do I make sense of that in trying to understand how you feel about me? You know, like, mm-hmm. does it feel odd to you that on one hand we're saying that dialectic thinking can be really useful in poly context, but then also at the same time, isn't it sort of like that foot on the gas foot on the brake mixed signals thing from avoidant attachment that can be troubling and problematic i yeah i can see how people might experience it that way but i in, personally have found the opposite to be true because oh. the sooner you connect with the idea that you can be gray and that your partner can be gray then it it, it frees you up to appreciate that they do feel both like you that they okay. both want to spend all the time with you possible <laughs> and also want to have a life of their own. You can feel both of those things and understand that they mean both of those things. Okay. It's not like they're saying one thing and then changing their mind and saying a, diff- a different thing and then changing their mind again. Right. Like committing and then taking it back and committing and then taking it back. And I could see how it would be challenging when you hear each of those things verbalized at different moments that you might feel... Like you're swinging back and forth between those states because you're like, well, which one's true? Which one's true? Which one's true? And if if you take a step back and you're like, both true, <laughs> <laughs> then you can be like, oh, yeah, they feel both. Cool. So I think one one moment that I had that was sort of a breakthrough moment mm-hmm. it, in my poly journey was because of dialectic thinking or when I realized that I was capable of very intense dialectic thinking Mm. and that came um when i was going through a breakup with bird um and it was a i mean that was a very serious very intense very heady relationship that we had um that i was very like deeply into and then we broke up and um you know the traditional way of handling a breakup is that you you have to wait around a certain amount of time. There's sort of like this idea that you have to mourn it a certain amount of time before you move forward Oh yeah. or like to honor it or to, if you're, if you, if it really meant something. Mm-hmm. Um, but I didn't do that. I, I was like, <laughs> you know, I have a pretty socially isolating job. I wanted to go out and meet people again. I wanted to um, make new connections. So around the same time as that breakup, I met you actually, mm. and and at the same time, I also met another partner at that time as well. Um, but so I was experiencing um, very, very, very deep 
soulful like um loss and grieving that mm-hmm. and i was falling in love with you at mm. the same time <laughs> like very very intense both of them very intense emotions and i could feel myself experiencing them both like it neither one like changed the other or made it so i wasn't feeling the other or you know they, they really had yeah. nothing to do with each other they were both there in my heart at the same time mm. it's like being able to hold parallel and not necessarily contradicting all the time but like independent conversations at the same time which i can't do but yeah <laughs> <laughs> but i can hold those two feelings in my heart at the same is time is that sort of like compartmentalizing i don't know do you think it is is that our ability because you've you've basically i don't think they're but i don't think that would implies to me that they are in separate boxes and they don't overlap and oh, i'm feeling right, them right. both at the same time yeah okay, i'm not so it feeling be... one and then opening the other closing that box and then opening the other and feeling it and then closing it and going over and feel, you know i'm mm. feeling right. there's, them there's both porous flow between them like isn't there like a isn't there like a a a thing for like laugh crying or like you know <laughs> uh smizing through the tears i don't know i don't know <laughs> there are other examples of doing things like that i guess mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah i like that i like that a lot um another example uh while like yeah like uh i think you mentioned this a little bit like when a partner goes on a date and you're wanting to encourage them uh the two different feelings that you would have to synthesize seemingly contradictory feelings are maybe your FOMO or jealousy about this nice experience your partner is having but then you also really want them to have that yeah even though it's difficult for you to feel while they're having it yeah like you're excited for them and Mm -hmm. you're also really struggling yeah I think that's super common yeah people feel this a lot yeah and I think sometimes I think even feel some guilt around it Mm -hmm. like that they're not allowed to be feeling insecure oh my god so much guilt so much guilt because they feel bad for feeling bad about it It, it's like I should only be encouraging I I should should only be feeling the happy compersions it's it is yeah there's that pressure to feel compersion they feel like they're bad at poly if they're not feeling compersion but what they don't realize is they actually are feeling conversion. If you are excited at all for your partners to have good things, that's conversion. Right. And and conversion and jealousy are not mutually exclusive feelings. No, you can feel them at the same time. Yeah. Because like they feel like the jealousy cancels out the conversion. So it's like, oh, I'm jealous. That means I wasn't feeling excited for them. So I think you can do both. Yeah, you absolutely. I mean, that's what the point of this episode is. Yeah, like, I, yeah. just, I think it blows <laughs> apart those things. And that way, you know, when when a, if your partner comes home and they're checking in on you, you can be like, yeah, I was, I was heckin' I jealous. Hard. I was struggling. And I'm really happy for you. Yeah, I was struggling hard. I want you to do it again (laughs) (laughs) well you may not feel like i want you to do it again well sure if that's what you want yeah like i'm not gonna i'm never gonna hold you back yeah you know never gonna give you up uh so moving right (laughs) along um before that derails us yet another time uh on like to me that is like you are on an intellectual level believing what they're doing is right something that they should be able to do even though it's hard for you to watch them do it like it's it's that head in the heart kind of yeah. tug of war, and uh, that this thinking about it in a dialectic way helps you th- synthesize the two and 
like they stop tugging on each other and are just standing there holding the rope together. <laughs> Mixing yeah, my metaphors. Yeah, they're just, or they're, they're braided together. They're or they're just... both like leaning with equal tension oppositely so that it keeps balance. <laughs> I don't know. Like I I mean I, there's um you know I won't I will try not to quote Watts too many times. I know <laughs> actually this is the perfect episode to quote Watts during. <laughs> he talks a lot about tapestries and woven threads and um I often think of that when I'm thinking of dialectic thinking or if even up just like thinking of who I am as a person. I know that I'm mm. I'm not one thread. I'm all these different threads and they all come together to make me and no, no single one of them is like the thread, right? Like no yeah. one can tug on the one and be like, look, I figured, you, you know, I I, I, I like that about myself. I, don't, <laughs> <laughs> I would never be defined by any one thing about me and I don't want to be and I wouldn't want someone to assume that they knew me because they knew one part of me. They, I just know several threads of you. I don't know the whole rope <laughs> yeah the or, whole or the tapestry. whole cloth or the whole yeah, yeah. that's cool <laughs> sure so so do you have any examples I, I know i've shared some in my own life are there examples where you have um explored your own dialectic thinking in a poly situation uh, i actually do have a specific personal example of some uh simultaneous uh drives or desires that i that would be in conflict but i am existing happily in this gray area uh between the two is uh, my desire for both my solo poly uh lifestyle my uh, my whole st- uh, life the structure for my life um of having having my own place and having my independence having both of that and then also the family atmosphere of our polycule and our our kitchen table kind of dynamics um, that go on with uh, my family, I am equally uh, drawn to and feel peace in both, even though they are very different energies. Yeah. Um, my It might seem like those would be incompatible, being solo poly and being kitchen table Kitchen poly. table solo, yeah. <laughs> exactly, yeah. And uh, I... I uh, it for just me in particular, it works really well. Like I uh, feel very confident and comfortable and secure in in this dynamic. So this is kind of goofy, but there was a meme recently that is just like to me, it's like the perfect dialectic oh, I do thinking. Remember this. Okay, go, yeah, go, go, yeah, go, yeah. Go. So it's like, so it says, is there a name for the feeling when all you want out of life is to hunker down and eat pizza and watch movies, but you also want to break new ground in your profession? But you also want to quit society and live in the woods. But you also want to go explore the world forever. And I'm like, yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. That feeling is called me. Uh-huh. Yeah. I want both those things. All, all, all of the things. All of the above. At do you the want same this time, or that? Yes. Please? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Oh, we do that so often. Do, mm-hmm. do, you, do you want to do this or do you want to do that? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so that's dialectic thinking. Or at least how we think about dialectic thinking yeah and i think how it can help uh poly help with some common situations that come up in poly Mm -hmm. so if you're new to dialectic thinking i hope that this episode helped you maybe explore the times when you've had more than one feeling at the same time and didn't feel like you were allowed to have them both Mm -hmm. and maybe next time you uh uh, give yourself the opportunity to be both, to synthesize yeah. Give yourself feelings. compassion and permission. Yeah. I think that's the whole point. Like di- it, this, this idea that we've stolen from philosophy 
and applied to relationships only exists to help you. Yeah. Use use it if it does. If it doesn't, that's fine. It's not something that you have failed for not feeling. Yeah. Indeed. It's a tool. <laughs> Thanks for joining us. Yeah. Thanks for coming. See you next time. Bye. Bye. <laughs> How I deal with relationship stuff and exist in the gray. Also, get in used to being the in the gray. gray. Yeah. Get comfy. Getting all comfy. Getting comfy in the gray. <laughs> I was comf. <laughs> in the gray. <laughs>